Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. And we hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain wisdom, insight, and courage to have these conversations with your own kids. Today on the program, we are talking about choosing good over evil. Um, So we have with us two of our regulars on the show back for more. Um, So go ahead and tell us your name and where you go to church. My name is Molly, and I go to church at St. Patrick's. My name is Kaylee, and I go to church at St. Bridget. Great. Thank you, Molly and Kaylee, for coming back. Um, good versus evil conjures up so many images, doesn't it? Like <laughs> angel and devil on your shoulder and all of that good stuff. But I guess I want to start out by asking, is it always easy to distinguish between good and evil? Like, are there clear lines of what's good and what's evil? No, I don't think so. I mean, unless it's like really clear. Right. Unless it's very something very specifically evil and something very specifically good. And if not, it's not that then like generally it's it's, jumbled up. It's it's very hard to tell sometimes. Can you give any examples of times when the two might look very similar? I was thinking of like sometimes when when the end justifies the means, you know what I mean? Like if somebody's willing to do something bad to get to something good yeah mm-hmm. or i don't know what any other examples pop into your mind something you might have to Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, not <laughs> specifically. <laughs> but in general we can say that sometimes the two are not easily distinguishable yeah. okay um how do you discern like when when you have question about whether whether something is good or not good. Do you do you have a system of discernment? Are there people you ask? Is there a, a feeling you go with? Is there a, I don't know. Um, I'd probably like, you know, have that internal debate with yourself for a while and then finally like ask a close friend. Okay. About it. <laughs> I also, I also go through it and I go like, okay, what is this? And then I like think about it. I pray about it. I talk to my mom about it because she always has a lot of insight. And then through that, after I've gone through all that, I go back and I pray on it again. And then I just like watch for what God's like trying to show me in that and see like what is good and what is evil in this sense. That's a very thorough system. (laughs) It takes me a long time before I can reach my point. That's good though. That's good. So are you good at um, like taking your time with decisions it sounds like you are unless it's something like i immediately know i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. i take all the time i can okay i'd like i gotta think over it i gotta pray on it i gotta ask my closest friends and my gotta ask my mom i have to like i have to go back and i have to pray on it like i have to make sure it's the right decision okay this question might seem sort of sort of strange might have to think about it what does what does good look like when we're trying to distinguish between good and evil are there generalizations 
we can make about things or choices or situations or relationships that are good? Like what are the hallmarks of something being good? I'd say if something's good, then it's you're like doing it for the benefit of someone else instead of for selfish reasons. Oh, okay. For me, for some reason, like good and evil, how it's symbolized, it's like good is like blue and like evil is like mm-hmm. red. Really? <laughs> That's how I oh, picture yeah. it all Not, the time. Blue and red for you too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's white and black for me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't want those colors. Isn't that funny? I've always like pictured heaven as blue and like hell as red. So you oh, kind of good you got bad. the heaven and hell colors. I see what you're doing there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the other side of that, how do we recognize evil? Like what are some of the generalizations you can make about things, choices, relationships that are evil? Um, I don't know. I look a lot at what society has to deal with and all the struggles that like people who like grown up and they're good and then they hit those struggles like especially you know it gets really advertised like as celebrities like in the news and stuff like that like this celebrity got like a DUI and stuff like that so I feel like there's like that sense in there like the bad things of like you know drugs alcohol and um the list goes the on, list and goes on. on and on. Right. <laughs> yeah. What about bad versus evil? Like, is there a distinction to be to be made between things that are bad or not good, and things that are outright evil? Yes. I, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess, but at the same time, they're all anything that is not good is coming from Satan. Like, so whether it's bad or it's evil. It's all tied back to the same. So it might just be varying degrees of. That's what I was thinking of. Like drugs are bad for you. But like hearing about like last year about all those school shootings, like that's I feel like more rooted like in evil and like being bad. Mm -hmm. So maybe bad gone to the extreme. We would classify as evil. That's how I classify it. Although what you were saying, Molly, is kind of at the root of it is what I guess my next question was does it matter like for the purposes of this discussion does it matter if there are varying degrees or or is it all the same at the root of it is it all the same thing oh I guess it could go both ways because if like at the root of it it is all the same and at the same time like God forgives everyone who asks for forgiveness so whether you like cheated on a test or cheated on a spouse, yeah, it's <laughs> it's the forgiveness is the same. Yeah, but the effect might not be the same. Yes. See, this okay. is a whole different discussion. I think <laughs> I don't know where <laughs> this is going. Do this all different. Okay, but um, it, it, can you cultivate the habit of choosing good? Can it become a habit? Or will it always, does it always have to be a whole process? I think it could be, become a habit. If you really like practiced it, I guess a lot, but it would take a lot of the practice to form it as a habit. Well, our listeners are blessed today because we happen to have tips for practicing (laughs) choosing good right so you both said that if you practice it a lot you can it can become a habit to choose good generally that won't always be the case but 
So I wanted to talk about a few things that, um, that we can do, that we can incorporate into our lives that will help us cultivate the practice of choosing good so that it isn't always, you know, we aren't maybe always having to consult people and think about it and rethink about it and rethink it, but we will just sort of know instinctually God's will for us and God's desire for our choices. Um, And I think the number one thing we can do to practice, to be in the habit of of choosing good is to develop our prayer lives. Um, And Kaylee, you already talked about this, how you think about it, you pray about it, you ask about it, you pray about it again. You, you know, like prayer is a very integral part of your decision-making process. So um, how, how can spending time alone with God every day help us make better decisions? I think it can help you get to get to know God better so you can see the signs he's giving you easier. Okay. Um, for me, it gives me like that like sense of peace. Like today at school, we had Eucharistic adoration, and during our theology period, we can go down and just like kneel and like in front of like the Blessed Sacrament. And for me, I just I really enjoyed like trying to do that um, once a month when we do that. And I have my trusty little rosary bracelet here that I have with me all the time. So I just sit there and I just sit there and I pray and I just let God like lead me. I don't know. I guess like just being there with him, like it helps me through my day and it helps me just like help make my decisions easier too. Do you, would you say for both of you, has your prayer life evolved? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely evolved <laughs> from when I was six praying the like guardian angel prayer to now I'm actually having conversations with God. Have, do you, have you noticed a difference in your ability to make holy decisions? The more your prayer, the more you evolve in your prayerfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it become easier? Yes. It's, for me, it's sometimes because it's it's really rough because like you know it's like this is the right thing to do at the same time. There's that outside pressure from like the peers and the social like other aspects in there going like like you make this choice like judge you for it. Kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> what are the ramifications mm-hmm. or the consequences? Yeah. yeah. How have your parents helped shape your prayer lives, would you say? Like, did they teach you prayer routines? Um, I, that's, like, hard because I learned, like, my prayers from CCD. I learned all the, like, the creed and everything and mass. I never was really taught it at home, I guess. Okay. It was a at-church thing. What about you, Kaylee? <laughs> well, my mom. <laughs> we always talk about Kaylee's mom on this show, by the way. <laughs> Shout out to you, mom, if you're listening. Um, she always has encouraged me, if I've ever reached any situation, to always pray about it because she knows that God always is going to give me the answer. So she's, like, over the years, like, I get what Molly is, too. Like, I been to like i've learned all my like prayers and stuff through church and from school but like through like that extra part from like my mom being just like the prayerful spiritual person she is she's helped me really guide to have like my prayer life with god okay um okay so the first tip in developing um the habit of choosing good over evil is to develop our prayer lives the second tip is um we're calling search your feelings um, because sometimes our gut feeling can be a really helpful guide when it comes to discerning between good and evil. 
And I always love this because God, right, God gave us free will, but then he also gave us resources for making good choices, right? Which I, this is just the genius of our God again. Um, and one of those resources is what we, I think we've come to call a gut feeling, right? And often when we ignore our gut feeling, we get into trouble. Have you guys ever experienced that? Yeah. yeah. Ding, ding, ding over here. <laughs> yeah. Some people have a better gut feeling than others, but I think that we all... We all have that, but I th- I thought there would there's a great classic movie example of search your feelings, <laughs> um, and it's from Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. It's Luke to Vader, okay, and it's Luke trying literally. He says to Vader, "Search your feelings." He's trying to convince Vader, "Don't turn, don't hand me over to the Emperor. Come back from the dark side." Um, and so let's listen to that clip because why not? It's Star Wars. Here we go. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny... Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Then my father is truly dead. So there's something you don't hear every day on Catholic radio, right? Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, that was uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. That was Luke to Vader. Search your feelings, Father. And then after this, we see a very pensive Vader. I don't know how we know he's pensive because he's got his mask on, but we do know he's pensive. And clearly he's searching his feelings, right? So, um, and spoiler alert, it works, right? Vader chooses the good and rejects evil and saves Luke's life losing his own so um do you so this is this is gut instincts we're talking about this is search your feelings so do you think you have good gut instincts in general i I do you do (laughs) yeah yeah molly do you um i don't think so (laughs) i'm a very indecisive person okay ask any of my friends i can't make decisions so i don't really have that gut decision I just back and forth. Okay. Do you think this, I'm asking this because I wonder how much more confidence our kids have in us than we as parents have in ourselves. Do you think your parents have good gut instincts? I think they, I think mine does. Okay. She's, my mom has gone through, like both my parents have gone through a lot. So they have a lot of wisdom in their, in their gut instincts too. Okay. What do you think, Molly? Um, probably. I mean, they decided to have me. <laughs> a plus. <laughs> They're brilliant, in fact. And I'm just asking that because I think sometimes I don't feel like I do have gut instincts, but I think my kids think I, I do. <laughs> and sometimes I'm just winging it, you know. So that sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit. Kaylee, you wanted to share an example of a time when you didn't go with your gut? Yes. I did go with my gut. You did go with your gut. Okay, tell about that. Um, I feel I've already talked about it once on here. 
it was last year during junior year where during finals week, the kid took pictures of a test that we were going to have. And our whole class saw it happen, but nobody decided to like stop him. So we all, it was at the end of the day, we all left and I was really torn. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know whether I should be that kid who tells the teacher and like, you know, like, I mean, the consequence would be on that kid. Or if I'm that kid who just sits back and goes like, it's not my problem. So that's a really good example of not necessarily being able to distinguish what the right thing to do is. Yeah. But your gut was very clearly telling you. My my gut, I call it my Holy Spirit instinct. Uh-huh. He was telling me that this was wrong. And after I went through my process, <laughs> I I prayed about it. I talked to my mom. I talked to my friend. I prayed about it again. And I emailed the teacher and I told him if I could meet him the next day at school. And I told him what happened. And he told me that it was really brave of me to stand up for and be like one of the only kids who told him like what actually happened and kind of leading into like our next one, the temptation of like the cheating. Yeah. Okay. So number three, uh, the number three tip is beware of temptation. Um, But I, Oh shoot. There was something I was going to ask you about that. No, that's okay. I can't remember what it was. (laughs) If I think of it, I'll come back to it. But anyway, um, Temptation is—it's <laughs> what puts us in the situation generally where we're having to choose good versus evil, right? So if mm-hmm. we can just avoid it, <laughs> we solve a lot of our problems. <laughs> but what are some common temptations that teenagers face? Do you think the 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 ones you hear about most about the drugs, alcohol, sex? Um. I kind of disagree a little bit. Okay. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> sorry, but like, I get it. On TV all the time, they're always talking about like how teenagers are so tempted by drugs and how you're going to be approached about drugs all the time. And you're always going to be asked, like, do you want to do drugs? Do you want to smoke? And that's not your never happened. No, never happened to me. <laughs> sort of somewhat happened to me. So I guess it's just different experiences. Yeah. So what would you say then, Molly, are most common temptations? For teenagers. Um, oh, okay. Well, probably just, um, like, going away from everything. Sorry, I don't know how to phrase this. It's, um... Like, not not standing firm for what you believe in? Kind of just going with everybody else. Okay. You're just tempted to do what everybody else is doing. And whether that's, like, playing a sport or something else but i don't think it's commonly drugs so you think it i mean i don't mean to put words in your mouth but would it be like maybe not exploring who god intended you to be but just rather exploring what other people are doing and going along with that yeah i think that's a common temptation cheating is that a common temptation yeah going back to your story (laughs) yeah Yeah. gossip is that a common temptation yes Yes. um what what are some tips for avoiding these things then? Prayer. Pray. Yeah. Prayer. <laughs> Going back to number one. Pray. Can you just tell me how people do don't pray get through life? Because it's like the answer to every question we ask on this show. <laughs> I'm really genuinely curious to, about I don't that. Know how, I not feel so happily. Bad. Probably they're probably wandering through life lost. 
You know what? I asked my teenagers in my youth group this question the other night, and they said, I think that they just don't take things as seriously. Like, they don't worry as much about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that, because I, think I was thinking true. about, you know, the conflict all around the world and disease and all of these things that I just worry constantly about. But I have such hope and such joy, mm-hmm. you know, in Christ. <laughs> I think God gives us that hope and love for everyone that if you're not praying to him, you don't have as much love for everyone else and you just kind of don't care as much. Mm-hmm. That, I, that's definitely true. Yeah, that's kind of, that's the point they were making too. Like, And I thought, uh, well, anyway, anyway, that's a tangent. But okay, so number four. <laughs> so what we're talking about, you're, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM820. And I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Kaylee and Molly. And we're talking about um, choosing good versus evil. Choosing between good and evil. So we have some helpful tips um, for cultivating the practice, the habit, the virtue of choosing good. Um, the, the fourth, we're on number four, and the fourth one is seek advice, dot, 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 from the right people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really important distinction to make. You can seek advice from Google, if you want to, but you better know Yahoo the source. Answers. Yeah, Yahoo Answers. <laughs> oh my gosh, do you ever read Yahoo Answers? Oh, the craziest thing. The it craziest is, things I've ever seen. Yeah, and it is clearly like, wow, truly anyone can post an answer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's a good lesson. So seek advice. It's important to seek advice, but seek advice from the right people, right? So who, who in your life, who gives you good advice? Um... We know, Kaylee, your mom. <laughs> but who else? <laughs> You're at St. Bridget's. Um, my youth minister, Pam Heil. Pam Heil, I'm sure she gives great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My youth minister, Patrick Rice. At St. Yeah. Patrick's. And I mean, the, yeah, St. Patrick's. Yes, St. Patrick's. And just the friends I've made there, the ones that have, like, dedicated their life to Christ. Those are the people that give the best advice. Same here. I've. I've made some of the best friends at youth group and we always go to each other for advice and it's always like our advice always gets rooted back to prayer and it's, it's which is amazing which I think is amazing because if I would go ask one of my friends who like I mean they're Catholic but they're not truly like Catholic or just not living their yeah, faith. not living yeah. their faith they would be like uh, well this is what I would do kind of thing what are mm-hmm. there what would be ex- examples of people or places that your peers might turn for advice that isn't necessarily a good source of advice. Yahoo answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yahoo answers. I think like if you're not really living your life through Christ, you just kind of turn to anybody who's there at the time, like standing next to you or you're like, well, I mean, this person's nice. Why don't I ask them? And just, yeah. Any sources outside of like people we know, Maybe that's not so much for advice as for like just examples. You know what I mean? Like I might look to someone who's a celebrity or someone who's an author or somebody, you know, whatever for an example, but I might not necessarily write to them like (laughs) for advice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, The fifth tip for um, practicing the habit, the virtue of choosing good is to learn from our mistakes. 
And I think this is really useful for teenagers and for parents alike, because mistakes can be such valuable teachers. But I think we can also let mistakes hold us back. Like, well, I've already screwed up, so why try? Or I can't tell my kid, for parents, I can't tell my kid not to do things that I did when I was his or her age. You know, just like refusing to let our mistakes be teachers and instead Mm -hmm. letting them hinder us. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Do you have any? I think that, you know, teenagers are going to make mistakes. And some of them, yeah, like parents could um, say like, no, you can't do that. But they're not going to realize that it's a mistake if you just say no. And if it's something that like the parent has did when they were a teenager, they can explain like kind of what they went through instead of just saying, well, I know I did that, but that doesn't mean that you can do it. So share the wisdom yeah, that you that you gain from learning from mistakes. Openness. How? What do you think? And this is, I mean, this is hard with you not being parents, but how do can parents can we let our kids make mistakes <laughs> and learn from those mistakes, or are we constantly trying to shelter them from making their own mistakes? Um, I know that I have made. I've made mistakes. I'm human. I'm not perfect. Sometimes my mom's told me like multiple times, like, don't do that. Don't do that. But if I mean, being me being stubborn, sometimes I don't listen to her. So she knows that that if I'm going to go through it, then I'm going to learn from it and on the better end, I'm going to be better. I think that's just like if we as parents can sit back and say, okay, my child is not going to be harmed. You know, my child is not going to die, is not going to, you know, sometimes we just have to stand back and say, okay. Yeah. I imagine that's <laughs> hard for parents, but at the same time, if they, if they do make a mistake um, to, that you know that they did and you told them not to, at the same time that you need to discipline them, you also need to make sure that they get the lesson out of it. Right. And that's the tricky part. <laughs> yeah. so. I was thinking about this like from a school perspective, like you get a quiz, you take a quiz, you fail it, but I mean, it's not the actual test yet. So if you work really hard, like to improve yourself, then on the test, you can do better. That's a good analogy. But you can also apply to life. <laughs> well, we yes. are out of time. So I wanted to thank Kaylee and Molly for joining us on Raising Saints. I'm Katie Wyatt. Um, let's close with a glory be. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Sancti